Hello and welcome to The Handoff. We're three weeks deep into this brand new NFL season and there is plenty to talk about. Well, I am Sam Farley and I'm here as usual with my producer and co-host, Mr. Sam Neil Green. How are you doing, Sam? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, another good week of NFL football. Can't wait to get stuck into it. Uh, what have we got on tap for this week? So we're going to talk about what what people were saying was the best division in football and the worst division in football and how it might actually be the other way around. We're also going to talk about the NFL game in London at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this Sunday. We're going to go through our winners and losers. Then we're going to dive into the bargain bin and talk about our best DFS bargains for Sunday's games. But look, let's get stuck straight into it because we've got a lot to get through. The AFC West, before the season, everybody was crowning this the best division in football. Um, you got four brilliant quarterbacks in there, a lot of great attacking players, good defences as well. And it's not really delivered. And on the flip side of that, you've got the AFC South, which looked like an absolute dumpster fire, which seemingly there's actually maybe a couple of teams who are a bit better than maybe advertised. So, Sam, where do we start? Actually, I'm going to tell you where we start. I'm going to ask you a question. Are the Jags the best team in the AFC South? Well, I mean, it's a big question. Uh, I think that they could well be. I think when it shakes out, they could well be. We spoke about the Jags a bit after week one, after their, their only loss so far of the season, and said that despite the loss, they looked like they had some some real ability on their team. But And I think we conservatively said that they would get, you know, somewhere between seven and nine wins. I think about 10 wins and, and yeah, winning the AFC South is a legitimate possibility. Um, you're talking about how the AFC South is is no longer the worst division in football. Uh, it, it's definitely not the best, which is why I think that 10-11 wins might win them the division. And that's kind of where I see them at. So for me, I think that it relies actually not on how the Jags play, but if the, the Colts mainly who are the other main team that I think are contenders, how they kind of react and go move on from their their 0-2 start and if the, the win against the Chiefs really galvanises them. How do you feel about, about your Jags, though? I mean, you must be pretty excited given the start yeah. of the season and just how everything's been progressing. I am so excited. I go, I go as far as saying the, the time I've been watching the NFL supporting the Jaguars... This is the most I've enjoyed watching them. Even that that playoff run a couple of years back, as good as that was, that was kind of predicated on an absolutely brilliant defense. And Blake Bortles was obviously under center. And offensively, it was pass the ball to, or well, hand the ball off to Finette and let the defense take the care of the rest. So it wasn't particularly enjoyable to watch sometimes. But now this team is, is really good. Um, I did a shout out on Twitter last night, actually, just for if anybody kind of was aware of any good videos or or articles just around kind of what's happened there and how sort of Doug Pedersen's kind of got the best out of Trevor Lawrence. And thankfully, a couple of people actually replied and there's PFF did a really, really good piece on it. um, Just going through some of the some of the kind of throws that he's making now where he's where he's kind of excelling compared to last year where and there are areas where he's maybe not quite as good as he was last year. So really interesting to, to read that. Um, but all in all, I've just been so impressed. Like his, his accuracy is just so good. All these little like crossing routes, like it's just, 
it's just really kind of smart offensive football, I think. And there's there's something there. But what I think is really impressive, and it's something that I think that that first week we kind of we looked at the Jags and thought, you know, they're not actually half as bad as we thought. That's an offense that could kind of really do well. What impressed me most against the Chargers was actually the defense. And yeah, I know same. this wasn't 100% fit Justin Herbert. Um, there was no Keenan Allen. I think you you do have to take those things into account to an extent. But, I mean, uh, the defensive line, just Josh Allen looked so good. Been really impressed with him so far. Trayvon Walker, obviously, number one pick. He's just just started so seamlessly just but the guy we have to talk about is Devin Lloyd who has been lights out I saw some some incredible stats this is according to PFF he's the seventh highest rated uh sorry seventh highest graded linebacker in the entire league right now uh and leads the position with two picks and four four pass breakups and he's just everywhere and the the kind of the quality in I guess the the play calling defensively, but is impressive. But the fact they managed to kind of get two guys out of this draft who, I mean, admittedly they were kind of high picks, so it's maybe not turning, you know, water into wine, but it, just picking the right guys, I think is a huge thing. And it's something that Jacksonville have kind of really failed to do in the past. So that kind of puts some hope that maybe going forward, there's, there's a lot to, to like there. And just talk about the South in general, I think the Titans aren't as bad as even after three weeks. I know they've not played well. I do think they're probably better than their record would suggest right now. The Colts are definitely better than their record would suggest. Uh, I think that that game against the Chiefs showed that. Jags look look really good. I think could win this division. And then you've got the Texans who there's still such a lot of work to be done there, but there are kind of real promising signs. And I think they're kind of, pretty solid team as well so all in all really enjoying watching the AFC South which yeah I think really I think this is a I think this is a year too early for the Texans I think they've still got a bit of time mm. and they'll obviously because of their offseason moves are loaded for for next year's draft in terms of draft capital and I think they're quite good on cap space as well so I think that they've got a good nucleus there and they have a lot of a lot of ways they can go with, you know, their quarterback decision and things like that. I think this year is a bit too early for the Texans, but um, the other three in the division, I think all have legitimate shots of making the playoffs and even some of them with deep runs in them. I mean, I think the the fact that they get to play the AFC West, I think at the beginning of the season looked like a bit of a curse. However, now I think it, it looks more like a, a good opportunity for them to really uh, garner some self-belief. I mean, the, the, surely the the wins for the Colts and the win for the Jags are just going to galvanise them and give them belief that they can compete with anyone in the AFC. Yeah, I think so. And look, I'm not saying this is a smart bet, what I'm about to say. But I, and I, I'll be honest, I haven't even put it on myself yet, but I was looking at MVP odds a bit earlier. And I did look at Trevor Lawrence at 55 to 1 and th- thought, could it be? Could this be the year? I mean, a solid uh, first three weeks, you know, maybe a Lamar injury might be needed and Josh Allen I, to kind I of regress think, a little. But, yeah, you know, I've got faith. I've got faith he's going to have a, have a great season. But anyway, look, we've talked about the AFC South and let's talk about the division I think that we're, everybody was most excited for if they're honest with themselves this, this uh, off-season, the AFC West. 
You obviously got the Broncos with Russell Wilson in tow, the Chargers with Justin Herbert a year older, a year wiser, the Raiders who kind of really looked sort of rejuvenated last year when uh, John Gruden had left the team, and obviously the Kansas City Chiefs who we know we know what they're about anyway. But let's let's talk about. I mean, the Chiefs are. We I think are we we are agreeing that they're the best team right now in that division. Well, it's kind of really like when when do you start to worry about the Chiefs? Because things didn't look right against the Chargers, and re- in like realistically, a poor Justin Herbert throw plus then his injury towards the end. Uh, both of those kind of derailed the Chargers more than really the um, the Chiefs won that game. So it's not quite clicking. Their defense um, kind of bucking a trend is actually quite good early in the season. Uh, mm. I don't know if that means they'll, they'll be terrible later in the season or they'll be even better, but we'll see how that pans out. But there, is, there are signs of concern there where I'm not quite sure where the the mass of offensive production comes from. Um, and I'm not sure who they go to in big moments. Uh, Ch looked okay in the first few few weeks. I think I think you need we still need more from him uh, to really take a bit of pressure off of Mahomes. And like Kelsey's just getting double teamed constantly, but he's still going to have to make plays, and he's used to having to make plays despite a lot of attention on him. But it's outside of that. Juju hasn't set the world alight. Uh, Marcos Valdez Scantling has been basically non-existent. Uh, Mika Harvin's not stepped up in any meaningful way. They need to find a way of, of getting the ball into some of these playmakers' hands because they are all athletic guys and they just they need to find ways of getting them really involved in the game. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. It's starting to look... Like at no point do I think that they're, that they're in danger of missing out on the playoffs, but when it comes to the Chiefs, you're ultimately talking about are they a Super Bowl team? And on the evidence of the first three weeks, despite them being two and one, they don't quite stack up to other teams who are right at the top, especially in the AFC, which is loaded. Yeah, and I, I agree. And I, I think it does feel to me like have we reached the end of Andy Reid's cycle there? Would they potentially be better I getting some think, fresh blood well, in? Well, I think there is a different coach who probably needs to be on the way out. Um, I think it, and I think it's Eric Bieniemy. I think that there's a lot of friction and a lot of tension surrounding him. Apparently, his demeanor with players. I think Shane McCoy was saying that all he does is just shout at people when things go wrong, and that's all his role is because Andy Reid's ultimately designing the offense was his takeaway on things obviously being yeah. around that that offense himself so maybe it's time for them to to get a bit more life into the coordinator position see if that can help some things i don't think andy reed should be going anywhere though like i i i think that you've got to i think things have got to go seriously wrong before you start think questioning whether or not he should be about yeah i, th- I think ugh, i don't think you can get rid of him and i don't think he deserves to be got rid of yet but like it, it there does seem it does feel, I don't know, like there's a bit of a malaise, a bit of stale atmosphere at the Chiefs now. And I don't know whether that is... I think we knew losing Hill would be an issue. Um, yeah. It's no surprise there. You lose a guy with, you know, that sort of speed that can take a top off a defence and it's, it's going to cause issues. But I don't know. I don't think the recruitment to, to replace him was really adequate. Uh, and it's 
I've not really seen much. I know we're three games in. Have you seen much from Sky Moore that gives you the impression he'll be any no, good? I mean, it, he he's a rookie, so I'm not I'm not I'm not going to judge a rookie on three games. I know I know it, it becomes more and more they do make impacts early, but I'm still not going to give up on a rookie after three games. I think I think it's I think the you're right. I think there is some lays there, but I think that a new offensive coordinator, some new some new kind of energy in that room would help things more. And I think that there are pieces in there that can work. And if they come up with some more creative game plans and more ways, I think they need to allow Mahomes to make player make players good as well, which is something that you're paying him a lot of money. That tier of quarterback should be able to make good like good players great. And they have got good players there, yeah. but they haven't got the the true I mean you just you just look at what um, what Aaron Rodgers is having to do in Green Bay and what Tom Brady did for pretty much all of his career outside of that that quick stretch with um, uh, with Randy Moss, like and now obviously at Tampa Bay where he has weapons, but it's you've got to at some stage if you're commanding a lot of money as a QB, you've got to be able to elevate um, the play of lesser receivers because they're not going to be able to afford to keep everyone because they're paying you you know, 50 million pound a year. Yeah. All right. So on that AFC West kind of question, we yeah. talked about the chiefs. Let's decide out of the others, who's going to kind of put it together in your words. Um, but which of these other teams do you think has the highest sort of likelihood of reaching the playoffs along with the chiefs? And do you see any kind of world in which all three of them miss out? I look. I think that there is a lot of competition in the AFC. So yeah, if they don't get it sorted quickly, there is a very legitimate possibility that all three of them could miss out on the playoffs. And I think that the one of the group that stands above right now, the Chargers, because I think that ultimately it comes down to to Herbert's health. Um, although they've just suffered a devastating loss of. Um, Slater, Slater, yeah, their left tackle, which I don't know how that will impact them, but obviously it's not going to be good. Uh, so if they can kind of get over this little bump with injuries, then then maybe they're looking best place to make the playoffs. Um, and I think that you've su- you've seen si- signs of life out of the Chargers as well. I think that you know, despite being one and two, they did lose to the Chiefs in a very winnable game for them, but it, and it was at Arrowhead, so they they performed well on that occasion. Then they look very good week one. They'll need to have a think about how they're retooling the offense, um, which is obviously very difficult to do mid-season, but how they're going to shift some focus and make things work in the short term so they can get the the wins. Uh, the Broncos are terrible. They are the lowest point scorers in the NFL. They've scored the, the least points and somehow are sitting on two wins. That is purely based on their strength of schedule. Nothing to do with the quality of play for them. They... I know their defense is obviously good, but they have played some god awful teams. And then the Raiders, I think, are more talented, and I feel like I've seen more out of them. But zero and three is such a hole. Maybe, maybe not such a hole anymore that we play the extra game. But since two thousand, uh, one hundred nine teams have started the season zero and three, and um, just one have made the playoffs and that was the 2018 Texans. So you're looking at one in 109. They're not good odds. The odds are obviously slightly better with the extra game because each individual game yeah. means slightly less, but 
they're playing their way out of a hole and you know they're probably not it's going to be that last wild card spot they're fighting for so i've got a counter theory so for me the charges by far the best team out those three but with the issues around herbert's health with the issues around slater with the issue bosa went off and that looked pretty bad um i don't know if there's been a update on on his his fitness um but i i'd be kind of concerned with that so that scares me a lot then you have the raiders who i mean what they who's they've lost to the the titans the cards the chargers none of those by huge margins and you know on another sunday they could have could be you know could be 3 and 0 at this point so i think they've still got a real chance and there is definitely life in that Derek Carr, Devontae Adams connection. It looks looks absolutely electric. But I look at the Broncos, and I I, I hear what you're saying about the, the schedule. Um, Seahawks, they obviously lost that game. Awful. Texans, not brilliant. 49ers were su- just surprisingly bad, actually. I, I really didn't think they'd be quite that bad. But part of me thinks, can they get any worse? Like... It, I know what you mean. Things are clunky. Things are not working. Things are not gelling. Uh, Maybe, maybe they, yeah, maybe things are getting better for them. Like only, only two teams in the NFL have allowed less scrimmage yards per game than the Broncos. And look, I know you're going to point to those, the offenses that they played, which is valid, but I think those numbers do still matter. And at the end of the day, if, if they can find a way to get kind of Russ going and for this offense to look a bit more dynamic, I still think they could be a threat there, especially with the other teams looking a bit inconsistent, if I'm honest with you. And I think they could also all take kind of wins off each other, which I think will kind of mean nobody should really get left too far behind. But look, I think we've wrapped up this topic enough. If you have any thoughts on the um, on the state of the AFC West, the South, hell, if you've got any thoughts on the AFC or the NFC in general, please let us know at handoff NFL and we'll kind of read those out next week. Maybe if you've got any questions, feel free, but we're going to talk about the game this Sunday, Sunday, 2.30 PM uh, UK time. It is the first of three NFL London games this year. And this one is, and I can't remember which of the two is meant to be the home team, but it's Viking saints is all you really need to know. Um, and, what do you think of this game, Sam? I know you're going to be going, I'm going to be going, so we'll see each other there. But this has to be a Vikings win, doesn't it? You know, I think that. Like, I I think my I'm leaning towards the Vikings here because we've watched a lot of these games. Actually, a lot of the results are decided by small little details uh, surrounding preparation. So they're always difficult to call. But you feel like the way the, the Vikings won their game late they've got a good momentum, a nice wave of momentum riding into this, which is always helpful. I think, you know, they're coming into this long, fairly arduous trip for them. It's kind of very much a break up in their regular schedule. So I think that that will help. Um, I think that it will be a tight game though. I think the saints defense uh, hasn't got talked about a lot, but is, is playing well. Um, And I think that they'll, they'll, do their best and i think it, it comes down to whether or not um they can contain justin jefferson and that kind of seems to be the way in which the games have gone um well i mean when the vikings have made things look easy it's when they've been getting the ball into into his hands 
And if they can do that, they'll have an easy time of it. The one thing I would say is the Vikings have looked a little bit weak defending the run. And so me, partly as a, a fan of the guy and also as a long-term fancy owner of the guy, I'm hoping that they, the Saints can finally get Alvin Kamara involved this year. Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird with Alvin Kamara. It's not really happened just yet this year. And I know he's not maybe not had the the clean bill of health either. But yeah, it, I, I do look at this game. And I, I can't see anything but a Vikings win. But like you said, with these London games, perhaps even more so than your regular NFL games, I do think they're quite unpredictable because so much of it comes down to preparation. And one thing from kind of having a bit of like media accreditation previously and being able to find out when and where teams are flying into the UK, it really does make quite a bit of difference. Some teams literally coming in the day before. Yeah. is And when that happens, that is just not going to go well. You're not going to adjust properly. And, and ultimately, like, I, I really don't understand the decision-making there. But... So I'd love to know that for this game, but I think it's going to be really good fun. Uh, the first of two games at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I think it's going to be really good atmosphere. Loads of colours and jerseys from from every team, so that'll be good. And um, yeah, do you think this is going to be like we've obviously got three games coming up? We've got uh, the other ones are Packers, Giants, and Broncos, Jags. So we'll be able to test out our AFC West, AFC South yeah. thesis there. Where do you think this one stands in the excitement levels for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm fairly excited by it. Like, I think that before the season, I was probably most excited from a competitive standpoint for this game because uh, I think they're fairly two to the more evenly matched teams. Uh, however, now I think that actually by the time we get around to it, Broncos versus Jags might be be the best of the lot in terms of a competitive game. Um, uh, but in terms of spectacle, uh, the biggest spectacle is Aaron Rodgers coming over for his game. I know you don't like the guy, but ultimately he is a big draw for that. So I think this game is kind of, uh, in terms of our, my attention for it, is now kind of sitting somewhere just in, in the middle of it. I'm not not overly anticipating the game itself. Obviously, I, I enjoy going to all the games that are here, get very excited for them, but I'm... Looking forward to seeing some some real stars of the game, though. I think that there are some exciting playmakers on both sides of the ball, and I, I want to see Justin Jefferson do the gritty in the end zone, basically. That's the thing. I, I know what you mean. I think in terms of... And I, to be fair, I said this actually at, before the season started. The game I was most looking forward to from a competitive standpoint was the Broncos-Jags, because I did expect the Jags to be quite improved this year. I didn't, I didn't expect the the Broncos to be maybe quite as bad this year and make yeah. it competitive at that level. But I thought we'd see two good offenses. Yeah. Um, obviously, as much as I dislike Rogers, getting to see, you know, one of the best to ever throw a ball in the flesh, that's, you know, that's something that every kind of NFL fan looks forward to. So can't wait for that. Likewise, the opportunity to see my boy Saquon will be a delight. So looking forward to that. But just the quality. I mean, I personally, I'd say this is the... the the game of the three I'm least looking forward to. But I mean, if you'd have told me uh, other years in London, we've seen some absolute tries. Yeah. These, these three games, I feel like, I feel like we're, I I was quite negative about it, but actually it's sitting in the middle because I was excited for the game, but the other ones have become more exciting to me. But this, in terms of quality of matchup and just, um, it's two potential playoff teams really. And we don't get a lot of those matches over here. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I think, 
I think we've maybe become a bit spoiled over here that you could look at a game like this and just be like, nah. But I mean, yeah, there's there's players that I mean, not too long ago they're playing in in the NFC was it NFC Championship game or the one before that divisional round game with, with yeah. Stefan Diggs in their helmet. So like, they and there's bound you know. to be a probably a Hall of Famer or two on across both teams, I'd imagine. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be really good. But so winners and losers, you know the drill here. We pick two winners, we pick two losers each, uh, just for the past week. And Sam, I'm going to butt the trend here because I always pass this over to you to go first, and I'm actually going to go first. Um, I'm going to go first. For my winners, first of all, George Pickens for his catch back on Thursday Night Football. Oh yeah, uh, Brown Steelers. And to be honest, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Um, this was last Thursday, so it's it's almost faded a little in the mind, but an absolutely sublime catch. The way he kind of organised his body, managed to perform it off, was acrobatic, absolutely brilliant, world-class, and really enjoyed seeing it from a guy who was very highly talked about in the off-season. And the second winner of the week is actually something I'm looking forward to most, and it isn't some of the food at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It is Thursday night football, and although the game might not be the most exciting, it is obviously uh, Bengals at home to the Dolphins. The all-white uniform for the for the Bengals. I'm not. I'm not sure what you mean though about not an exciting game. Come on, that's that's um, last year's Super Bowl runners-up versus this year's Super Bowl champions. I, I d- oh. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not going to comment on that. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not super enjoying this Bengals team at the moment. I think yeah, the offensive no, I line that. is so bad. Yeah, but um, I mean, look, I've got Jamar Chase in my fantasy team, so of course I'll be watching. Um, but the the little white uniform with the sort of yeah Bengal trim, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, stunning. What are your winners then, Sam? Uh, my my winner is is well, main winner Dan Olovsky. He is no longer alone in the stepping out the back of the end zone. And honestly, I think his one was was actually not as bad because not only did Jimmy G step out the back of the end zone and and you know accidentally give himself up for a safety, but he even managed to somehow throw a pick what would have been a pick six on the play, which is just you know it's all kinds of special from from Jimmy G. He was my winner last week, but I mean. Dan Lovsky's the main winner from this, but he's kind of a loser this week. And my second winner is the Miami Heat, but not the basketball team, no. The actual literal Heat of Miami that managed to take out, you know, a good chunk of the, the Bills receiving court. Not both Dawson Knox, tight end, and Isaiah McKenzie, both of them were, were out for large stretches of the game due to heat exhaustion. And Diggs was really struggling with cramp. So left, you know, a lot of time where where the Bills didn't have their their best weapons to throw to and ultimately made their offense stagnate, and which is why the game kind of flowed in the way it did. It really kind of slowed down towards the end. It got very tense, and I think the weather played a large part of that and really contributed to the spectacle of the game. So it's so a win for the Miami Heat there. I think that's fair. Uh, losers. I'll give you two losers. First of all, let's just talk about this. It's something that's annoyed me for a while stadium turf um at MetLife we've seen another injury Sterling Shepard out for the season but this artificial turf it just it it causes injuries and I don't understand when you're giving players you know just contracts that are you know obscene to to average people 
how they could then pay out all that money to the, to the players and then make them play on something that like scientifically is more likely to give them an injury it just seems it just seems absolutely bonkers to me um so stadium turf at metlife that is that is i think particular one... stadiums are are worse than others because obviously they got i think and i think there are some some repeat offenders amongst that yeah i think metlife in in particular is is pretty bad um and the other one i'm going go for speaking of dirt at metlife <laughs> is kenny golliday who is quite literally you know trampled on he's awful and this i look i really liked him in detroit i thought he was going to be a good pickup by the by the giants but saw this stat that is just obscene he since he went there on a huge contract he is average per game three receptions 32 yards and no touchdowns i genuinely think that might be one of the worst contracts like ever handed out to anyone i, I think i i think it has to be now I yeah. genuinely think it's... There's a lot of guaranteed money in there because the reason why he's still on the roster is because if they got rid of him, he'd just be dead cap. So they've kept him. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, what are your losers? My losers. So loser number one are a whole bunch of people. In fact, 91% of the betters who bet on the Chiefs, um, the spread for the Chiefs uh, Colts game, the spread was Chiefs minus 5.5 and 91% of people bet on that and lost their money. So, yeah, a lot of losers this week. Commiserations if you were amongst one of them. And the other loser are the Ravens, uh, particularly their owner, who is going to have to hand out so much money to Lamar Jackson. I mean, you said that Trevor uh, is is a good pick, an outsider pick for your MVP candidate. But Lamar Jackson is leading the way. I mean, as much as I love Tua... Lamar Jackson is is put is leading the league in, in passing touchdowns while also being fourth in the league for uh, for rushing yards. I just how did you not pay the man this summer? Like there there are quarterbacks earning stupid money, and he has absolutely every right to demand the exact same stupid money. I I perhaps wouldn't give him. And he the thing is the only thing I'd be hesitant about with Lamar Jackson when it came to contract talks would be to give him a 10-year deal like they gave Mahomes. But he's not asking for that. He's asking yeah. for four. And I think that because of the the wear and tear, the fact that he's effectively you know an RB1 and QB1 all in one, the fact that he will have the wear and tear of an RB1 means that you probably don't want to sign him for, for a deal much longer than four or five years. But you've in those four or five years, he will be fantastic. And you've, you've just got to pay the man. And it's costing... The Ravens money every single game now. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant stuff, brilliant thing to happen. But I'm I'm worried it's just going to make his inevitable injury even more painful. I think, uh, but hopefully not. Uh, look, Sam, you know the drill by now. This is this is the time when we go into the bargain bin. Why don't you recap us on last week's DFS action? Who won? Who lost? Um, and then we'll get stuck into this week's. So there was some controversy. It was decided by a player on one of our teams getting injured midweek at practice and then not playing. So the points difference between us was four was <laughs> three point eight points between us. Um, so you won uh, with eighty four points overall, with um, big contributions from your QB, Marcus Mariota, getting you seventeen point five, Damian Pierce for five uh, K. 
netting you 18.1 points. Drake London getting 14.4 from your 5.8k um, investment. And then Devin Duvernay, who was a bit of a risk um, because he, he got a concussion the previous week, but managed to clear the protocol and for 4k managed to get you 10.3 points. Um, however, I had some really good players myself. I had Geno Smith only for 5k, get me 23 points. I had DK Metcalf for 6.1, getting me 17.5. And I had Greg Dorch, reliable Greg Dorch, uh, for 4.3, getting me 17 points. However, Jacoby Myers getting an injury midweek, not appearing on an injury report on the Tuesday that we recorded and getting zero cost me the win because also, uh, so before we recorded, I asked Farley if I was allowed a sub and I'd written down who my sub would have been. My sub would have been um, the backup receipt. Well, who would have, it would have been Kendrick Bourne, uh, the other Patriots receiver for 3.8 and he would have got 9.8 points. So you have a win. But in my mind, it's got an asterisk by it. I'll take that. I'll take. I needed that. Well, I was got, two yeah, nil down. Yeah, get, gets you off the board. Um, and look, I like. I'm all up for being fair, but also it's hard lines. Hey, you've 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 set a precedent now, so no complaining when this comes to I bite mean, look, you. All I'm gonna say is, I picked Devin Duvernay with a concussion last week. He turned up to play, and I'm playing two guys in a similar kind of styley today that might well not play or they actually they will play but they might not well might well not actually get much action so yeah i'll I'll live by the sword die by the sword i say okay well uh, talk me through your team then start qbs uh so as always just to let the listeners know we have instead of the 50k budget you get on DraftKings, we're giving ourselves 40k uh, we're also banning anybody from going for a player over 7k which to be honest I think you'd be absolutely bonkers to do that anyway with these teams, but here you go. QB, and I genuinely, I hate myself for this. <laughs> I put him in my team and I took him out for Dan Jones and I thought, do you know what? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow my heart. Cooper Rush, uh, dreadful quarterback at home to Washington. This is a guy that could win in Dallas. So I think, uh, I, I think at 5.3, he offers a little a budget QB that I can kind of get behind. Does it make you feel better if I tell you who I've got a quarterback is exactly the same? Cooper Rush, 5.3. I actually think is the value is really good. Like, yeah, I think it is. The uh, I feel like the prices of the QB has been inflated a lot. There aren't a lot of other budget options. And so if you're, if you're doing a roster yourself and uh, you want a cheap option at QB, 5.3 for a QB is really cheap compared to basically anyone else. Yeah, this is a, with him in that team. You could really spend elsewhere, but I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm. I know you love a stack, which makes me worried that we might have got one, at least one of the same receivers as well. Um, but look, running backs. Who you got a running back? Um, so I have gone for uh, Rashad Penny. Um, oh. He's had a, a up and down start to the season as of the Seahawks, but. Um, for 4.9, I think he's quite good value there. And he is playing against Detroit, who are so far 31st against the run. I feel like that's probably good value. And then he performed so well for you last week with 18.1 points that I have gone for Damian Pierce this week, who is um, against the Chargers, who have also been a bit leaky against the run so far. I like that. Dangerous Dame is in. Uh, for me, my running backs, I've this, this is... I think my running backs are either going to win me the week 
or lose me the week. Um, and I've gone for Khalil Herbert of the Bears at 5.7K. Obviously, I'm, I, he was really good after Montgomery went out. And I'll be honest, every time I watch the guy, I'm, I'm really impressed by him. Um, but Khalil Herbert, 5.7, just to kind of capitalise on that Montgomery injury. And Jamal Williams of the Lions at 6.1. He's quite expensive for me. That'll just cover that swift injury as well. So uh, they might not do great. I don't know. It, I, I feel like it's very risky, but got to roll the dice here. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I was, uh, I actually, a bit of a spoiler alert, I was left with, with £100 left. So I could have upgraded, too, I could have upgraded my Khalil, my Damien Pierce to a Khalil Herbert. And I was playing, I was toying with that for a while. But although I think I think it looks likely that uh, Montgomery will play, but won't have a significant role, so I was kind of I didn't want to I didn't want to gamble. I felt that Damon Pierce was a slightly safer option. Should I do? I'll do receivers next. I yep. think I mentioned obviously the stack with Cooper Rush, and I'm going to assume you have the same guy. Four point nine k Noah Brown. Absolutely. Yeah, I have the um, same guy. He's it's it's by far and away his favorite target. And, yeah, and that's part of the reason why I thought the because yeah, I mean, it's something we both like. We both like a stack, and it's part of the reason Cooper Rush I thought was quite good value at five point three is because they he had the really inexpensive stack player with Noah Brown, and CD came up clutch in the end. But Noah Brown's been getting a lot of looks, especially because of how much attention CD gets from the opposition defense. So yeah, Noah Brown yeah. great value. Who and else I you think... got a receiver? Look, if this is the if we weren't playing by our rules, and we we could go have a full budget here. I'd probably actually stack Brown and Rush with CD as well, and just go kind of all out against Washington, who I don't think are particularly good. Uh, yeah, Romeo Dubes, nice four point five k at home to New England. I think he he looked like a guy who Rogers was starting to trust in that last game bit of a red zone target potentially so i think that's a good shout my other receiver i hate myself for this i think you might have picked him last week actually i can't remember 4.2k zay jones um the guy got a lot of target has been getting a lot of targets from from trevor lawrence and i know that eagles d are pretty good but i think there'll be opportunity for zay jones and at 4.2 it's absolute budget and he allows me to kind of get the the running backs i wanted in so zay jones there I'm not going to lie, he kind of slipped my radar a little bit, although I don't think I would have been able to quite afford him. Uh, but yeah, really good shout. And uh, going back on to, to Dupes, um I think that um, he, he seems to be on the field a lot more, even on plays where he, he hadn't got a play designed for him. Uh, so I think that, that helps his fantasy value a lot if he's just on the field and they seem to trust him with a lot of, you know, a lot of a lot, a lot larger package of plays. Um so yeah, my receivers, I've obviously got Noah Brown for 4.9. I've gone for Kendrick Bourne, um, who is at 3.7. He he got 9.8 points last week, and he was a big player in the offense last year, and I think that he will be someone that they kind of turn to again uh, with potentially Mac Jones out. So he catches a lot of balls underneath, so I'm really, at that price, just looking at him to catch four or five balls. And hoping that he gets, you know, 30, 40 yards on that. I'm not looking for anything spectacular, but if he does manage to break one for something, that's that's a bonus. And then this is a guy you like. I've gone for LaVisca Chenault. Well, the 3.5. Well, 
came up clutch last week, didn't he? He did absolutely come up clutch last week. And I'm just hoping that that explosive play makes them think that they can design a bunch for him and he can get some more stuff going this week. So he was only only 3.5k thought worth a punt. Um, I noticed you've not spent much money yet, which makes me think you must have a very good player in your flex. I have quite a good player in my flex. Yeah. Who you got a tight end then? Uh, tight end, I've got uh, Robert Tunyon. So I spent a bit of money there comparatively. So I usually, I usually try and find a bit more of a budget okay. option at tight end, but I had a little bit of money to work with. So so Robert Tunyon was there. The Patriots haven't been great so far at defending tight ends either. Um, I think for I think all of the touchdowns, other than the ones to Duvernay that Lamar Jackson threw, were were to tight ends. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, Tunyon hasn't exactly set the world alight yet this year still working his way back from that injury but maybe this is the week where it clicks because he has been known to just go off sometimes my tight end if i said san diego state do you know who i'd be talking about sam no i don't the bellinger escape plan himself dan bellinger is back in the lineup 2.8k um i think he's looked good when i've seen him so he's just he's in a very simple flex play there sorry tight end play there for dan bellinger yeah uh, that leaves us with a flex. And why don't you go first? God, you're going to blow me out the water here. I can tell. Yeah, i I think it's just the way that i I think it's just the way that I like to make my teams. I like to see how much money I've got left after I do the players, and then I spend yeah. all the budget on someone I actually like. So for four point eight k, four point eight, five point eight k, I've gone for Devonta Smith, who had a pretty explosive week last week and is up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I think their their weakness on defense is their secondary. And I think that obviously AJ Brown is going to command a lot of attention. It's someone they're very familiar with. And I'm looking for, for Devonta Smith to take advantage of some one-on-one matchups. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. Well, for me, I use the flex differently. I use that as my my opportunity to sneak in another little budget spot so I can put it a running back or receiver and, I've had to budget here and I've gone for a tight end, which I don't really like doing in a flex spot. Double tight. It is Tyler Conklin of the Jets um, in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. He's actually been a really reliable fancy performer so far this season. Yeah, he's caught um, quite a few balls, hasn't he? Yeah, and I, I don't think he's an elite guy by any means, but a 3.6K, I think he just gives me a, a nice little option there. I don't think the Steelers are particularly good. And I think that D isn't maybe as good as it's been previously as well. Which leads us with just defense and special teams. I'm going to quickly tell you mine. 2.8k it is the Detroit Lions against Geno Smith and his Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, that seems to make sense. I mean, they haven't, as a unit, really like I don't think performed all together that well. Um, they seem to, you know, I mean, they've let up a lot of points as what, well, and that's kind of let their offense have a lot of time in the field scoring points. Uh, but yeah, the the Lions. Uh, against Geno Smith should do well. I've gone for the the Denver Broncos. I think that performance-wise have been some of the best. They're coming up against the the Raiders and the Raiders have been turning the ball over. So we'll see how that works its way out. I like that. I like that. Well, look, that wraps up the handoff. If you've uh, enjoyed the show, please tell a friend about it. Please leave a review. Please like and follow on all our kind of social media platforms and podcast platforms. It really does help us to quite a lot and we'll be back next week uh but before then sam what are you looking forward to one game this coming weekend and i'm not going to let i'm not going to give you the uh london game i think that would be 
Well, I, genuinely, you you were, you were slating the Bengals, but it is genuinely the Thursday night game. I think that the Dolphins-Bengals is is a really good game. And I, I did say it as a bit of a joke because, I mean, anyone who's listened to this podcast for two minutes knows how much I love Tua. But I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do against the Bengals. Their defense has actually been playing pretty well. And I'm hoping that the offense, after, you know, exercising some demons against the Jets and actually scoring some points can start to click so I'm, I'm waiting for that to come into kind of that offense to come to life are you in all seriousness telling me that's the best game this weekend i'm not saying it's the best game i'm saying it's the one okay. that i'm most looking forward to and i would say there are some other great games don't get me it's wrong bills ravens i'm sorry that's that's the game to look forward well, to I knew, 6 p.m. I, on sunday i knew you'd be going for that so i wanted to go for something different and Eagles Jags, I think it's going to be pretty exciting as well. I think, I think we're going to learn a lot about where those teams are. All right, well that's that sorted, guys. Remember, leave a like, leave a review, and we'll see you later. Follow at Handoff NFL on social media. Cheerio. See you guys.